Hello, you're listening to episode 20 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross and Trevor Harden. In this episode, we interview Sean Kelly of A Fragile Tomorrow about his upcoming show. Get excited about this week's shows with Farewell Angelina and the Songwriter Showdown. Talk about the upcoming shows with Cranford and Friends and Sean Kelly with Finnegan Bell. Talk about the 80s and reminisce about the week prior. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I'm Jordan Ross. I'm Trevor Harden. And we are missing our dear friend Todd Cowart today. He had a family medical emergency, so we are thinking about him and his family during this time. But I don't want to... Don't really know anything right yeah, now, so right. we don't we can't speak on that. But we can speak on Farewell Angelina. Farewell. But hello Angelina. Yeah. Because they're coming here. Yes, on Friday. Yes. If you hadn't already got your tickets, you're almost out of luck. Almost. You can still get tickets. There are only twenty left. All of the tables are already purchased. That's amazing. And let's it just is. say that that's uh from uh, the uh, the website and word of mouth, where there's not been a whole lot of push from. We've done our zero end. marketing on our end, um, so that's a great sign. Absolutely, it doesn't hurt the fact that the women are all very talented. Yes, and they do take good pictures. They do take good pictures, and they do sound fantastic. So that also helps their cause. Yeah, it's a cool, uh, unique setup. Four ladies in here, multi instrumentalists. A uh, little bit, little bit country, a little bit bluegrass, but a little yeah. bit rock thrown in there too. Yeah. So um, I think it's going to be a one of those shows that people will be talking about for a while. I have a feeling. Cool. Let's listen to him. Okay. This is called "If It Ain't With You." Let it rip. gonna be that's gonna burn this house down yeah it's gonna be good i have a feeling uh it's one of those bands you could just turn the amplification off (laughs) (laughs) right and they just like belt to the back wall yeah yeah maybe they'll just come out in the crowd and just sing four part there we go (laughs) little barbershop yeah yeah that that's gonna be so good Uh, and we're, we're psyched to have them and clearly there's 55 other people that are psyched to be here as well so yeah far. and i see um like two guitars a mandolin and a and a violin yeah well and then there was another uh who's playing the cajon and, and a, a a gentleman a gentleman was playing the cajon yes was playing the cajon in that song i don't know if that person's coming with them or not i do who not knows? know um 
but yeah, acoustic instruments and four voices. It sounds beautiful. It is. And I was uh, on Instagram this morning, like I normally am, and I saw that um, Lauren Lucas, who is one of the members of this band, was hanging out with Warren Baysmore from Finnegan Bell. And I really? was like, hey, look here. Two weeks in a row, we get both of you guys. Amazing. So that's kind of fun. So they, that's kind of a small world there that they... All right. And they used to know each other, um, according to the Instagram post, from like youth theater. Okay. So it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. Now I would assume with this country-ish sound that these ladies are based in Nashville. Is that a? I have. I don't know. I don't okay. know that. It's not something that can be known. Yes. Well. Yes. Uh, a band of longtime friends, mm-hmm. Nicole, Andrea, Lisa, and Lauren, all met pursuing their dreams in Nashville. Okay. There you go. Um, each had deeply respected and admired each other while they were building successful solo careers, touring and recording with top artists and country music's biggest, biggest hit makers. And then they formed a super group. Sweet. I added that last bit. I didn't read it. <laughs> but, but it's that's, true. That's what happened. But it's true. When you get four you know, solo acts together, that's kind of a super group. Yeah. Because they're all experienced in their own way mm-hmm. and bring their own flavor. So that's going to be great. Very excited. Farewell, Angelina. There it is. It's Friday, October 27th. On Thursday, we do have our songwriter showdown. Okay. Uh, and I confirmed with our uh, man, Isaac, that he's gonna, there's going to be four, so far, four signed up for this month, coming from all over the place. And this is a, a, a bit of a contest, right? A it songwriter is contest, in a way? Quite a contest, yes. The winner gets a cash prize. And gets the opportunity to play in the songwriter uh, shootout. Oh. Which is the, the the winners get to shoot it out. Now, Jordan, we're not talking about real shooting. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Okay. <laughs> no, but we are going to host that every six months. So December and June is when we'll do our shootouts. Cool. And that's going to be the end of December. But... This week is another round, a, or another yeah. round of that. And like we said, sometimes it's just like uh, you'll, you might catch a hidden gem. You know, somebody playing something, a hidden talent. Everybody who's big came from somewhere. You know, so totally. Uh, you might see some a rising, catch a rising star, as they say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a free event as well, so there, there's no there's no, no barrier for, for you entry. not to be here. Yeah, just hop up here, grab a grab a whiskey drink, and listen to some good music. And if you don't like whiskey, we do have wine. Yeah. And vodka. And beer. And good beer. Good local beer. Good local beer. Mm-hmm. And some of the beer even has bourbon in it, I think. Or and if you're driving, yeah. we have tonic water and... And know, bike taxis. Hawaiian punch. And uh, Ubers. And Ubers and bike taxis. Yeah. Yes, all of those things to get you up here, get you comfy, listening to good music. So, this week is going to be great. Next week, uh, we've got... Cranford and Friends, which is going to be a, a kind of a, I don't actually really don't know. It, it's uh, kind of, well, it's, I don't know the lineup. Okay. Um, John reached out and said, hey, I want to put this together. Here's, here's a kind of a basic idea of what he'd like to do. He's going to bring in guys like John Wilkins and Ruxton and maybe Yanni Renicky from Cranford Hollow, and they're going to just kind of play some of Cranford's solo stuff in 
that way. But also there's going to be other people that will be playing. It's, it's going to be kind of a, a, di- a totally different thing for John. Kind of a, it's Swamp Fire Presents. So right. it's like his studio that he has on Hilton Head. The people that have been involved with that studio are going to kind of be involved with that. And I'd like to hear more about it, and I'm going to invite John on the podcast next week to talk Great. about that. Yeah, then we'll get some clarification. Right. Yeah, because I would like to know more and haven't had the opportunity to to quite dig in yet about all that. But that is Friday, November 3rd. Okay. And if we don't have any, any clips to play of that, um, but we will hopefully have something deeper to talk about uh, next week with John. Great. But we did talk to Sean Kelly. Yeah. Um, who will be here uh, the November 4th. Exactly. Which is Saturday, Saturday right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, Sean Kelly from A Fragile Tomorrow, which was a, a one of those one of those bands that if you were in the in the scene, I don't know, the Indigo Girls. He toured. They toured with Indigo Girls, the Bangles. Right. I saw I saw a picture online of those dudes standing next to Joan Baez. Uh, yeah. Right. Like they they have these really cool, very cool connections. Great songwriters. Um, and well, let's just roll the interview because he had some really cool stuff to say about his whole trajectory and his uh, going solo for the first time. Yeah, let's talk to Sean. All right, everyone, we are joined today by Sean Kelly of A Fragile Tomorrow. Hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Oh, great. So you are coming here with Finnegan Bell on Saturday, November fourth. How are you going to present this show this time around? You seem to be the headliner this time. Yeah, well, um, this is kind of a different thing for me because I've um, I've never done a solo record before, and um, you know I've always got my band with me, and I did a couple of uh, full band shows, um, I guess a couple weeks ago now, and uh, this one will be. Most likely, like totally solo, which is slightly terrifying for me because I've never, <laughs> I've ne- I've, I don't think I've ever played a gig on my own before. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, I've been figuring out, like, how to sort of um, rework some of these songs from the solo record to kind of fit a, like, a solo kind of configuration. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's sort of how I'll how what what i'll be doing and um you know i'm pretty sure uh the finnegan bell guys probably sing on some stuff and um you know i I like the the way that i like to do it is uh you know kind of a solo electric kind of thing so Mm -hmm. i'll have like my um wide selection of guitars that i like i i i kind of tend to um like bringing a lot of guitars with me when i play um you know uh Against the like advice of my bandmates, most of the time they're like, "Well, can you keep it to like one or two? <laughs> and I kind of like bring in like multiple guitars just because I think because I like you know I like using all all my stuff. So I think for this I'll bring like a good number of guitars and just kind of you know have a pretty wide ranging show of solo songs of my band songs and um, some covers and stuff. And it'll just be me and my little Roland jazz chorus that I bought for this for this solo project. It's an it's kind of like an eighties project. So sweet. Uh, there are, you know, lots of, like, there basically will be chorus on the entire night, right. <laughs> like a stereo yeah. chorus thing. So yeah. it'll be, it'll be kind of cool to just like play a bunch of 80s songs. And, um, and it's kind of, kind of a challenge for me because I've never, um, 
I've never act, oh, like all the songs in this record were written in, in the studio and built in the studio. So I, I will have never actually played any of this stuff solo before, um, aside from like what I've been rehearsing. So it'll be, it, it'll actually be kind of cool to like, um, kind of see how these songs are fleshed out, like, uh, like in such a bare kind of way. Yeah. So that, that'll, that's kind of what to expect. And for somebody who's not, yet introduced to your music you you do have a lot of um 80s influences is that right i mean that's kind of what yeah the, the flavor yeah of this. that was um the the idea behind the project is i was listening to a lot of like roxy music and peter gabriel and like kate bush and stuff and um just kind of wanting to explore that sort of thing and um you know wanting to work more with synths and stuff like that and so yeah this this project is is definitely um kind of a, has an 80s vibe to it for sure awesome now are you gonna since you're bringing so many guitars are you gonna have warren maybe be your guitar tech and like pass you guitars during the show i i will <laughs> most likely force him to be my guitar tech yes nice. for for little to no pay uh, <laughs> i'm talking about warren basemore who's uh finnegan bell um and, and Shane Williams as well. Um, those guys are going to be so you're there. You're going to be your direct support. Are they going to open for you? Or are they going to kind of just fill out the stage from time to time? What's the story with that with that lineup? They're going to open the show, um, but I'm pretty sure there'll be lots of room for. I mean, I also play bass with them. Um, right. uh, most most every time that they do a full band show, if I'm if I'm around, I'll go play bass with them. So I, I've been doing that for eight or nine years. So um, so that'll be kind of fun. I think we'll probably all we'll pro- probably play in each other's sets. Nice. Um, like last time I played with them at uh, Roasting Room, I did like bass and like melodica and I think accordion and stuff. So probably do a lot of that kind of stuff with them, and then they'll sing in my set, and um, we'll do some stuff together. So yeah, it'll be kind of it'll be like they'll be opening, but it'll be pretty collaborative. Nice, fun. Now let's let's dig in um, about where you're where you're at now uh, physically. You live in. I am in actually. Uh, I was in Charleston for God, six years, but the last three years I've been in Savannah. So I'm actually a lot closer to you guys now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, when you were here last. Yeah. I think because the Finnegan, uh, the Finnegan Bell guys are still in Charleston. Yeah, that's right. That's and you operate a a studio down in Savannah. Yeah. Um. So I I moved down because um a friend of mine was a producer that we worked with a bunch. Um. And he was moving to Savannah. And he, uh, he was like, you know, I, this, uh, he's like, I have to open a room, um, and asked me and my brother who's in my band with me, like, do you guys want to, you know, run the studio with me? And, and it's something that I'd, I'd always wanted to do. I'd started doing a little bit of producing and I've, I, you know, been using pro tools since I was 15. So the idea of like having a studio was sort of like a dream situation for me. And we were kind of, the, the band was in a place where we didn't really want to tour as much. And so we kind of needed to, you know, have a place to do other things and stay kind of have a home base. And so, I mean, we, right away I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So, um, you know, low watt is the name of the studio. Um, and, uh, we're in downtown Savannah and, um, we've been, I guess it's been three or four years now since we started on that journey and it's kind of like gradually, um, kind of picked up and we've got a pretty good amount of work that comes in and we're able to, like I made the solo record there and we're able to make the band records there. And, um, it's kind of a great, it's just a great thing. It's like a kind of a dream scenario because, you know, you sort of hear about like bigger artists who like have their own 
headquarters with their studios and yeah. you know all their storage spaces and offices and stuff and it's like you know what what younger smaller band really has the opportunity i mean unless they're sort of in like have like a literal home studio like what i mean has the opportunity to actually like have a space to utilize for making records and stuff like that i mean it's kind of like we're very lucky that we uh kind of happened into this this situation and like we've got lots of vintage gear and a ton of guitars ton of amps ton of drums and like it's just it's the it like i I, it's impossible to go in there and not feel creative amazing i just pulled up your website lowwattrecording.com and it does look like a, a beautiful space man oh thanks yeah we're we're super happy with it and it's got a lot of vibe so that's that's a big big part of it for us now you mentioned your band. Well, let's talk about a fragile tomorrow. Let's let's first talk about the name of fragile tomorrow. Can you dig into that? Sure. Um, so <laughs> that the we named the band like I guess it was like 2004 because we started in 2003. It was just me and my two brothers. Um, we're a four piece now, but um, when we started, we had some other name and it was like really terrible. And then we realized that there was like we literally like googled the band name that we had and we found like this website i forget what the what the name was but it was like this website of like two kind of older guys from new jersey who like like you know had beer bellies and they were like (laughs) playing in bars playing like you know mr big songs and stuff like that and we were like okay we should change our name so uh dominic our drummer who's my uh twin brother he like had written this song and mind you we must have been like i guess we were like 12 or something so it wasn't it wasn't a great song nothing we were doing at that time was particularly great but he wrote this song and it was called fragile tomorrow and we and i think like our dad was like oh you know why not because we had like a gig coming up he's like why not just like you know make that your band name until you find something better and we were like, sure, yeah, like let's like whatever, like we'll we'll find a better band name at some point and we'll change it. And uh, <laughs> like 14 years later, it, it hasn't changed. Um, nice. So it's just sort of it's just sort of stuck. And it was just kind of a song about you know the fragility of life and stuff like that, which I guess has always sort of been like like not 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 like a lyrical thing because I'm not really one for sort of like having that kind of like having a thread in in my lyrics but it's sort of been like an underlying thing in in our lives i mean for for a number of reasons you know our mom was battling cancer for many years she died in july but like you know there's all different kinds of stuff that i guess sort of ties into that band name but more or less it was just sort of like yeah let's have a temporary band name and then it just we we never found something better i guess (laughs) right and i feel like that that does happen Kind of often, you know, people are like, "Oh, let's just call ourselves Goo Goo Dolls." That works, and then, oh, now we're stuck with it. But it's exactly. Yeah, I love yeah, the fact that I feel that like that's we still, can't go back anymore. <laughs> but it still does. I mean, I, I like how it resonates. Um, you know, with you. Yeah. You know that ba- that band name itself does make. Yeah, for sure. Sense. I think it it, it definitely um, has resonated with people, and and you know, regardless of whether like for us personally, there's a there's any real connection or meaning behind it anymore i think it definitely has like struck a chord with some people and they kind of appreciate the idea behind it so it's it's turned out it's turned out okay i think for a while when when we lived in new york which is where we're from where the band was formed we like used to get put on bills with uh you know like 
heavy metal bands and stuff like that because you, when you hear a fragile tomorrow it just sort of immediately sounds like like an emo band name or something or i guess <laughs> when we were younger so but now it's like i think we're it's we're we're known enough that i think people sort of like don't get make that connotation anymore but um you know it's yeah. it, it people have definitely identified with it which is cool and speaking of uh, band bills, you have shared some bills with some pretty big people. Yeah, we've been super lucky um, over the last you know decade or so. I mean, we became friends with you know Indigo Girls, who are just like the most amazing people you, you'd ever meet, and they just brought us out on tour with them like no, a number of times now over the past like eight years or so. And um, we've been on their records; they've been on our records, and um, you know we. Vicky Peterson from the Bangles is kind of a family friend and um, you just, you know, through music and stuff. And so she's brought us out with the Bangles before and um, just, we, yeah, we've, we've been really lucky to, to get some cool tours with people and go to Europe and go to Israel and just do all these things that like, I've, you know, used to think like as a, as a child, like it'd be amazing to play the Fillmore or something. And then, you know, to get to do it is like, is it just kind of amazing? Yeah, so yeah, we've been we've been really lucky. So let's talk about the record you you mentioned earlier, uh, just just released. Uh, let's talk yeah. about the um, maybe the instrumentation, the feel. Yeah. So uh, the record came out on the thirteenth. Um, it's my first solo record. It, it you know as I was saying, it, it was sort of like an eighties thing, and um, well, not sort of. It is. It's definitely an eighties record for sure. And uh, the. You know, it just, it was born out of this kind of, I, I remember like we were actually in, in Israel um, playing some shows, it would have been like two years ago at this point, and uh, we were driving to Jerusalem, and I, like for some reason on that whole trip, I was really into um, Avalon, the Roxy Music record from like 19, I think it was 1982 or something, but um, I, you know, I'd always loved that record, but that was just sort of my soundtrack for that trip and i'd been really feeling like i wanted to do something different musically um we had just put out a record uh and i just felt like after that cycle was was finished i kind of maybe wanted to try something new for a little while and we've been doing the band for so long that i feel it felt like we need a little a little you know refresher and um so in thinking about all of that and also being, you know, kind of getting, being into like Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush and Tears for Fears and Echo and the Bunnymen and stuff like that and The Cure and The Smiths and stuff like, like at the time I was just sort of feeling like there was obviously a common thread among all that music and not just that it was all, you know, primarily made in the 80s, maybe early 90s, but also like there was sort of a, an aesthetic to it that I really was um, – I really found appealing and like just, you know, the production value. I mean, I, I love like when eighties production is done right and it's not the kind of overused like cannon shot snare thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, I really love that kind of stuff. And, and I, I had like a genuine interest in just sort of exploring it. And also like, um, listening to a lot of Brian Ferry's solo material and just sort of, sort of like the, the kind of way he approached like dance music, I thought was really cool. And, um, so I was like, ah, oh, I could probably do something like that. And I literally, I think it, it like, I kind of shelved the idea for a while because we had had some touring on the books and stuff like that and just kind of wanted to get through that. And, um, but I put, I had like a couple of tiny ideas and parts that I put down, maybe two or three things. And then it was really, it really kind of took shape when we had an, we had an intern 
at uh, the studio last summer, and we had a decent number of projects coming in, but there was a period of time where we we didn't have anything on the books, so I I you know needed to get him in there to work, and uh, I, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll start the solo record, and and it'll give him an, ex- an an excuse to do some engineering and learn some stuff, and so that that's what we did. We went in, and that sort of forced me to kind of start working on it, and um, and everything just sort of fell into place naturally. And it just sort of became this um, thing where I was, you know, I'd come in and I'd have like maybe an idea or maybe not, sometimes not even anything. And I just sit there for a little while and play on my own until I found something that was cool. And then we'd track it. Um, sometimes I'd sort of improv the, the song structure. We'd just record it. And then I would go back and, you know, edit and, and change things if needed. But um, a lot of the time, like some of these songs would just sort of in in their like most bare structure would start out kind of spontaneously, and it, and then I just sort of built it from there. And um, you know, I kind of, I played almost everything myself on the record, and uh, there are a couple of guest spots here and there, but for the most part, I played everything except drums. And um, you know, it just kind of happened really organically and over the course of several months, just kind of putting things together and definitely became this like kind of eighties soundscape. But I think I also kind of put like, I hope something a little bit unique into it. That's, you know, not necessarily straight copying, you know, Avalon or hounds of love or something. I think there was definitely, I, I kind of put my own stamp on it eventually, but it definitely uh, at its core is sort of an eighties kind of callback. And does that include a lot of dance music? I mean, I, I heard the Syncopation song, which is an upbeat dance song. Is that how the rest of the record is? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely some stuff that's like a little, like there's one song called The Light that's a little darker and um, kind of broody. And uh, But for the most part, like there's a, there's a, a pretty much a groove to to a lot of it. And I think a lot of that has to do with, the drummer I was playing with, um, Josh Keen, who's one of my best friends. He also plays in Finnegan Bell. Um, he kind of came in and just sort of, he's always kind of got like a groove kind of thing to what he does. He loves hip hop, hip hop music and stuff like that. So they're like, it, you know, it sort of became a, a kind of a dancey thing. And there are definitely kind of more standout songs that, um, that like are strategically approached that way. But I think, yeah, generally, like I was sort of going, you know, and there's also, there's different, like there's one song, I think maybe syncopation is sort of more of a talking heads kind of mm-hmm. dance sound. And then like, there's a, uh, another song on the record um, in America or like Poughkeepsie or something like those songs are more probably Brian Ferry esque and also like Grace Jones too. Um, you know, there's that kind of stuff. So, the, yeah, there, I, I think generally there's sort of a dancey kind of nature to it, which was cool for me to sort of like figure out how to play guitar differently on that sort of stuff. And the like the chord voicings were all sort of different than what I'm used to because I was sort of trying to trying to you know create a certain feel. And there was definitely more of a dancey sort of nature to it. So yeah, overall, I'd say there was that's sort of the the vibe. Nice. We're looking forward to hearing it uh, in, yeah. in its solo form, and it's a kind of yeah. stripped-down form here on the 4th of November, next Saturday. Um, and you'll have those available here, I'm assuming. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Great. Uh, any any spe- uh, specific formats? 
Like uh, just the CDs. CDs. I was hoping we we could do vinyl, but scheduling didn't work out. But yeah, so just just CDs. It's also also obviously streaming everywhere too. So. Sure. Great, Sean. Hey, we're looking forward to your show, um, and we look forward to hanging out. Really, it's it's been a while. I know. I'm 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 super excited. I, I've I've really been wanting to get back there since I was there last, and it's. Yeah. I think y- y- y'all have such a great room, and it'll be it'll be a cool kind of unique experience. Probably something that I'm. I don't know if I'll ever do again. So it'll kind of be cool to sweet to do it there. Yeah, great. Well, hey, uh, Sean, thank you for sitting down with us today, and we look forward yeah, to your show you. uh, next week, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, y'all. I appreciate it. Take sure. care, man. That's going to be a really fun show to hear Sean kind of interpret his own music. And interpret the 80s. Yeah. So bring your Ray-Bans. The 80s are so hot right now. Yeah. They're so hot. I do love me some Peter Gabriel and all that, though, so I think this is right up my alley. It's going to be great. Tears for Fears, for God's sakes. I love Tears for Fears. So much fun. And, I mean, Stranger Things is coming out soon, so that's bringing the 80s back. I mean, that's such a strong... I'm just about to get my He-Man toys back out. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> my Skeletor, I, Skeletor's Mountain. You have that. I had Skeletor's oh, Mountain. Man, lucky. Mm-hmm. There's. Did you know that uh, there is a toy store in Savannah, right on Broughton Street, that has retro toys? What? It's awesome. They. Ha- that's all they do. They buy and sell really? like old, first generation Nintendo Entertainment systems. No and, kidding. Uh, uh, old G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, all that stuff. Oh, man. In the original boxes? or just? I like don't know. No, hand? I don't think so. Not necessarily. But, you know. Wow. Something's better than nothing. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's right on Broughton Street. I forget what the name of the store is, but it's cool. Daggum, we should make a road trip. All right. Do a <laughs> okay. live podcast. <laughs> live podcast. While I'm running on a, one of, using a power glove from the original <laughs> oh Nintendo God. system. Man, I went to I went when I went on my trip back to the to, to Ohio to go fishing with, with my dad, we went... Um, to the house and I found an entire tub full of He-Mans. Nice. And I, I showed them to my daughter, a three-year-old, and she was like, "What is <laughs> right? Scary? <laughs> like weird?" Put, put some clothes on that hero. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I found all my old Skeletors and all of the. And I started, and I found all the little comic books that came with them too. Oh yeah. They had little comic books, huh. so you could kind of get into the character and figure out what the character all was right. all about before you started acting as him. Right. Right. And like all the bad guys, and all the names of them were luckily on the back. They were really smart. They, oh they, yeah. On the back of the comic book, they had like the picture of the person and the name of the like the the bad guy. Like Man at Arms. Yeah, and like like Leech <laughs> Man. And yeah, like right. Skunkor. Oh yeah, there was the smelly skunk guy. <laughs> oh, oh okay. So fun. We've derailed. Yeah. No, no, it's good. So eighties, the eighties, man. That's yeah. What we're, that's where we're at right now. And he's gonna. Sean's gonna bring some danceable 80s vibes up to the roasting room. It's going to be cool. I'm totally. working that night, but I'm going to swing by afterwards because it sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm working as well, but I will get I will get up here. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's let's go back to last weekend. <laughs> Great weekend that we had here at the roasting room. 60 people showed up both nights. That is a good uh that's a good weekend, man. You bet. On Friday we had Bruce Katz and his three-piece band and woo the blues, baby. They did he man, bring the blues to the roasting room? The blues. And I listened to the recording and heard the crowd reaction, and people were losing their minds. Oh yeah, over how great 
Bruce Katz was. Amazing. Yeah. It's good to hear. I love I love hearing that. That's that's my favorite part about listening back to the recordings and really just hearing the the elation of the crowd. I mean, people are like hooping and hollering, wait, 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 like nice. really getting really into it. That was it. really cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So I'm going to play a board recording. Um, he didn't have a title for it. It's a Charles Mingus song um, that they kind of jammed on. I can't uh, wait. Yeah, let's have a listen to Bruce Katz. Tight, 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 man. That's world class. That's not just some local dude that you came in and did a no, thing. You like, don't that's just like, go and see something like that. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Bruce was playing, and you notice that bass line was super thick and tight. He was playing on, on the organ as he was. He's got two keyboards set up. He had an organ and a piano. So he was playing bass lines, and, and he had a different line. It was just, man, crazy stuff. And he was trading licks with Chris, the guitarist, back and forth. They were doing that all night, and Chris did vocals, and they did have plenty of, of vocal music as mm-hmm. well, vocal blues, but they did a lot of these Charles Mingus, uh, you know, that style of, yeah. of blues jam. Yeah. It's awesome. Man, they were good. Hot. Yes. On fire. So that was, that was Bruce on Friday. Cool. Blues 411 brought him in. And then on Saturday, we had Scott Kirby, who also had another good turnout. 60 people showed up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing the island vibe yes it was islandy and he he started out and this was kind of a I know, kind of a cool way to start he um he mentioned that his new album was out and just released it and one of the tracks on the album was about evacuating key west for a hurricane how about that written way before you know the actual hurricane hit so he was like this is just very coincidental that this happened to be you know because normally they Oh, don't. you mean he was doing it uh, uh, speculatively? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They've had evacuations before. Sure. But this one happened to be a pretty, you know, yeah. pretty major one yeah, with course. Irma. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he... he um, and this is the song that, that, I, that I chose to, to put on the podcast. Okay. Um, he... Uh, I don't know what... He didn't call it anything in particular. I didn't look it up um, prior to, and I should have. My fault. But, yeah, just a, interesting how he... Wrote a song about that before it happened. You can roll a bowling ball all the way down to all. Never hit a single soul at all till the Gulf of Mexico. Down at the Atlantic end. A couple foods gathering Catch a wave as a storm rolls in From the coast of Africa We don't need no damn evacuation Welcome to our island home staycation Well it's just us here I bet we 
share a beer Maybe shed a tear And laugh this night away It's been a perfect day In every way When this town takes a rest On nights like this We own Key West Islandy. Islandy. It's uh, got local flavor for yeah. Key West. Yeah, there was um, there was someone in attendance that right after he sang that song, they were like, Smoke a tuna! All right. Which <laughs> is the like, name of his bar. Right, yeah. Right. And um, he also mentioned that everything was was okay with Key West. Okay, it didn't good. get wiped out. Yeah. Some of the islands in the mid-keys, though, did get pretty tore up, he said. But Key West itself was, was mostly spared. So that's good to hear. Yeah, man. I like those uh, local-specific songs, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's cool. People can immediately relate to them. Yeah. And that's helpful. Mm. So there you go. That was there a great is. show on Saturday. Scott uh, brought it. And it was sponsored by Next Home, which we love our friends at Next Home. There you go. And, and um, Chris Bose. And we did a pilot program for them, and we, we did a commercial prior to the show about how much we loved Next Home. And we're going to start doing that more often. A little short commercial before the live shows for yeah, the presenting for, sponsor. for the presenting partner. And we're going to get really serious about getting more, um, getting more partners up here and getting, getting folks involved um, on a partnership level. And Great. We've got, I think we have a good roadmap to that mm-hmm. because that, that's going to allow us to do things that just are not possible otherwise. Sure. I mean, when uh, the shows are covering the basic costs and that's all that's going on, then there's only so much that you can do as a booker and yeah. uh, there's only so many options. But if there were a little bit more cash flow, that would make um, some some new things possible. Yes. And when we say new things, we mean bigger and better bands, mm-hmm. um, more offerings, f- days of the week. I mean, just... Uh-huh. The, the floodgates could very well be opened, um, even better than it already is, which is kind of hard to believe. That I mean, like bands like Bruce Katz, who are again world class bands that you couldn't hear anybody else. Not as much name recognition as some of the people that we could bring in that mm-hmm. would be a hot ticket in yeah. town, like a hot hot ticket. That would be great. I keep thinking that these ginormous acts that come into Savannah to the Civic Center and all that stuff. Come one night early. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's it's, that's a stretch. But it's not though. But I honestly think if I was if I um, was a top billing performer, I don't know. I maybe maybe not. But maybe I might be interested in going and playing a room for seventy five people. It just would be like a cool opportunity to get down and dirty with people instead of standing on a stage in an auditorium. If Paul McCartney can do it, anybody can do it. How do you mean? Does he do He's that sort of that. thing? He's yeah. done that. Yeah. So, you know, it may be something like watching who's coming into Savannah at these bigger shows and just just giving it a shot. You know, you never know unless you ask. They don't yeah. know unless you try. Right. And all of these things would be possible if I knew 
that we had solvency w- above and beyond, you know, r- that kind of risk. Sure. You know, and we could be. We right. very well could be. So it's not a it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Right. You know, and and the sooner we get our partnerships dialed in, I think the sooner we mm-hmm. can make all that kind of those dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's it's not a foregone conclusion that that people just don't want to show up to a show that's only seventy five people are going to be that. Right. I think they there's like you said. I think there is a certain. You would want to do something like that. You'd yeah. want to get down and and meet people. In in a significant way, not just oh here's uh, like your autograph. Like you'd be able to talk to them mid show and, mm-hmm. and you know I don't know. keep keep a close eye on some of the things. And I here here's another kind of thing too is the shows like that are going to be announced the day of or the day before. A lot of these things can't be announced that much prior because of, for a lot of reasons, but. I know that the bigger shows that have happened like that are, are either secret shows or a band is built under a different name hmm. or or they or they just flat out say, you got two hours to get people. Because it takes one mouthpiece to say, oh, by the way, XYZ is up at the roasting room. Right. Two hours later, this place will be overrun with people. Sure. If it's the right person. Sure. It happened in Savannah with, with Band of Horses. Oh, is that right? They did a secret show at the Wormhole, which is right downtown on 40th. They didn't have any promotion, and they knew about it. All they said was it was a secret show, Saturday night secret show. And they said it was a, you know, it's a 20 or $30 ticket and said, trust us. Right. You're going to want to be here. Cool. And that was it. That was, yeah. that was totally it. And the people that showed up, it happened to be that band. And then... Ten minutes later, everybody texted their friends, <laughs> exactly. and they all ran exactly. down. They're like, oh, crap. And yes, the place was totally packed. Right. So, it, it, again, it's not, a, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Right. You know. And we, we can't predict these things, you know, but. I just want to know how they fit all those horses in the wormhole. <laughs> how do you train a horse to play the guitar? I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's a big draw when you, when you can actually do it. <laughs> oh my god thanks trevor yeah hey uh i got some music to go out on cool man uh the sean kelly mentioned the album that he uh was inspired by was roxy music's avalon are you yeah. familiar with that nope i'm not either so let's i thought hey right, let's man. play let's play uh some avalon cool on the way out just just to check it out i love it okay well, um, again, we're thinking about Todd and his family. Indeed. Um, he's, he's up in D.C. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to a great show with, with Farewell Angelina this Friday night. Uh, Songwriter Showdown is on Thursday. Free event. Come on out. And big shows next week as well with, with Cranford and his buddies and with uh, Sean Kelly. And might, be your, might be your last chance to get some Farewell Angelina, so get on it now. Yeah, there's only 20 tickets left, and they're all... They're all in the general mission area. And so it's hop on. Monday. I mean, we got it's going to it's going to sell out probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, for the Roasting Room Soundboard podcast, I am Jordan Ross. I'm Trevor Harden.